What's going on, humans? This is Ian Shea with Around the Outside. Thank you so much for tuning in to Paddock Talk. What is Paddock Talk? It's the place you go to to keep you going during the week for some Formula One news. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're listening to Around the Outside, the American Formula One podcast with your hosts, Ian Shea and Mike DuPont. Ian Shea, and welcome back to Paddock Talk. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing the current state of Williams. Last episode, I'm in between races, I told Mike that I believed that off-track events affect a team more so than on-track events. And I think the current state of Williams is evidence to my statement. Right now, James Vowles said that there was clear indications that Williams was in survival mode. Now, what is survival mode? What caused Williams to get into survival mode? I think the issues occurred, obviously, when their downcline was happening in the turbo hybrid era. That post cost cap era was marked by massive budgets of top teams in comparison to the little independent constructors or the little independent teams like Williams had. There was upwards of $400 million of discrepancy. And the first issue when you don't have a half a billion dollar budget is you cannot invest into the infrastructure of the company. You do not have the capital to get the best people and the best equipment. So that's the first issue with not having a heavily funded team. The second issue with that is when you don't have a heavily funded team, you just can't put more money into development of a car, which makes it not as fast as everybody else. What do sponsors who like to give money to people want? A fast car. Williams could not provide that need for sponsors. When Claire was running Williams, she was up against a loss of revenue from a loss of sponsors in an increasingly competitive environment. The immediate needs to secure capital are what I believe led to Williams going into survival mode. And I'm going to define survival mode as taking something by a race-by-race basis. And the definition comes from the organization system that isn't at Williams. It's something simple. A parts catalog. Every single team has one. There's 15,000 different components that make up a Formula One car, and all the teams know exactly how many of each part they have and where they're located, except for Williams. When you are in survival mode, you are going to look at a software update, which probably costs a million pounds for a parts organization upward up software versus a million pounds to a marketing event that could pull in 10 million pounds from sponsors. Where would you want your money to go? You're going to have to sacrifice operational excellence at times over marketing. And they were making it work. There is 
race after race where they didn't have a parts catalog and they were able to get onto track. So there wasn't a real immediate need, an immediate fix for something small like that. But when you look at that little issue from an organizational 360 degree view, you can see that there is cracks in the foundation of how the team operates. You can see that when they were in survival mode, they were only thinking on the the short term. And it is short term thinking that has also led Williams down the path they're on. The release of the technical director on Christmas of 2022, and y'all, I am going to butcher this person's name, so please bear with me. Oh, FX Demason, D-E-M-A-I-S-O-N. I, if you could help me with the pronunciation of that, that would be wonderful. But I think letting him go was short-sighted by the board of directors. He came on right around Yost, I think, and left with Yost. And I think it was short-sighted because when you look at a pairing of two key individuals leaving together and coming on together, you see what I believe to be an immediate need being filled. I don't think that the team had been practiced enough to think long-term or even believe that they were in a position where they would be able to think long-term. This is what James Vowles is up against. He's up against a culture that's ingrained with, let's make it to the next race. He also is in up against a culture where communications aren't occurring. From the last interview that I had with Gravel Trap F1, the co-host mentioned how he was writing interviews between the field teams, the guys on the paddock, versus headquarters to get that communication going again. He is doing what he, that's the first step, and he's doing it. And throughout the interview, he also focuses on the future emphatically. He is letting us know that the performance of the vehicle, as tantalizing as it is this season, isn't what we should be expecting to be. You know, it's not going to be the midfield puncher that I was hoping for. We're going to probably see a P87 Williams for another couple years because he has to fix home first. The performance of the car is just the outcome of all the work that happens back at headquarters, back in the organization. And James is doing what I hope are all the right moves because he is going to have to call upon the patience. And this is from Lawrence. I give him credit for understanding that the patience from investors, from the board and from the team is going to be what's needed most during this time of transition. There are benefits to the world that James is in. He finally has funding from Doralton Capital. He doesn't have to put out those immediate needs with uh, within Williams like Claire had to for capital purposes. However, he is kneecapped a bit by the cost cap, as ironic as that is, because he's going to have to decide what projects or people are going to be funded first versus 24 months from now. He also has an opportunity to think outside the box in the world of technical director. I'm being a bit of a devil's advocate here because I do believe that you need a point person, but situationally for Williams, I think they're poised to take a direction like McLaren. 
the technical pre- the previous technical director whose name I will not pronounce again has clearly given a vehicle with a strong foundation and a strong base of evolution for the ground effect cars. I think that they were able to collect enough data to secure a hopefully long-term development plan without him. I doubt that because right now Williams is looking for a technical director, like I said, and that to me shows there was no succession plan. Another cause and effect of short-term thinking. But if they did the McLaren approach, they could potentially split a a single person's salary three-way and save some to do something else. Another positive that we're all going to have to take away with Williams is that they don't give up. If there is one thing that team does not do is give up. There has been multiple opportunities over the past five years where you were thinking, this is it, they're done. And yet they've continued on in that strong British spirit that we all love. James is going to get this team working together before he can get that car working on track. We are going to see little increases because any chance of performance, he's a competitor. He'll take it. He's thinking long term, but he's definitely going to want to show a little love and a little support to everybody back at the factory with a good result. Everybody wants that. 18 months, James. I know you were saying he was saying two years a lot in the interview. 18 months is when I think we're going to be seeing a stronger Williams. And I think that's when we're going to start start seeing the change effects coming to play on the track. That's it for this episode of Paddock Talk. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you want to watch this full episode, you can on YouTube at ATO underscore USF1. If you want more Formula One content or you would like to watch clips from other shows, Go to Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Look for us at ATO underscore USF1. When you're on our socials, please remember to like, subscribe, and share. And if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you have the chance to leave a review, that would be absolutely lovely. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. We love Formula One. We love sharing it with you. Give yourselves a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Merci, gracias. Obrigado. Dankeschön. Cheers.